1: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist.
2: This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And this week we've got a good episode for you guys. It's going to be a more personal episode. Well, they're all pretty personal, I guess. Yeah,
1: and pretty feel-good this episode, I think. Pretty
2: feel-good. We are talking about, what day is it today?
1: Today is Mother's Day. Yeah. This episode will be coming out the day after Mother's Day. Um, But we just wanted to kind of put together an episode featuring all the mothers of our lovely listeners and ourselves and... Madigan and I are not mothers. No. Nope. So well,
2: you have cats and I have a dog. Does that okay, count? Okay,
1: actually, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm totally a cat mom. I almost made a post today, and then I was just like, "No, I know." Sabrina that. did. Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: thought,
1: I was like, I know that somebody like that I went to high school with is going to get all like snarky about like pet parents not being real parents, oh, but whatever. Up. They're but real to
2: me. Yeah, Dorothy um, is totally my daughter.
1: But we have no human children. That's true. So we asked for people's motherhood stories, and it kind of started out as wanting stories from mothers, Uh but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, we should ask for stories from, you know, people about their mothers as well, so we did get some pretty nice stories. We
2: did, we did. Um, So, as you guys can tell, Keegan's voice is struggling a little bit this week. Yes,
1: I've been sick on and off um, for the last couple of weeks, and the last few days, my voice has really... Decided to yeah. uh, go out.
2: My voice is back to normal. Yeah. I sound a little nasally, but my voice is back to normal. So last week you had me sounding horrible and coughing, and this week we've got Keegan kind of struggling a bit. But, but
1: not to worry, I've got whiskey here just to cut straight through all that phlegm. So hopefully. I have,
2: I have whiskey just to make me feel frisky.
1: <laughs> so hopefully we can just power through this. Mm
2: hmm. <laughs> i'm excited about it so first what we're gonna do is we're gonna read you guys some listener mail and some motherhood stories and then at the end we are gonna chat a little bit about our own mothers which if you've been listening from the beginning you obviously know a lot about my mother (laughs) and keegan touches on her mother as well but we just want to give them a little bit of extra attention and love today absolutely because they deserve it all right so uh, what do you want to start with keegan
1: um, why don't we start with our super fan, uh, Vanessa?
2: Let's do it. Sound good?
1: Okay. So Vanessa writes, hi, feminists. So I know you asked for motherhood stories, and I've been struggling a bit with how to choose what to focus on with the broad topic that is involved with becoming a parent. There are so many stories and experiences and transitions that you go through hormonally, physically, mentally, emotionally, societally. It's really the craziest thing. However, the way I can tie it up is that becoming a parent has lit more of a passionate fire in my feminism. My husband and I did not find out the gender of our baby while we were pregnant. Even though I'm a planner and I do really like to know things, especially good things are hard for me to keep secret, it was important to me that I didn't know and that my husband and I talked how I didn't want all pink fairy princess stuff or blue tool stuff. I wanted to stick with neutrals and focus on the fact that we were having a child. I was terrified of having a girl. Terrified. I am the middle of two sisters, no brothers, and we were difficult teenagers. You name it, one of us did it. Mostly me. And this was just plain terrifying because I was being bad and making dumb choices when I knew better. And while getting great grades and being involved in extracurricular activities and while having a job, and this terror doesn't even scratch the surface of thinking about raising a young girl slash woman in this society. Yes, there are many things that we are doing better, but there are still baby onesies out there with sayings like smart like daddy and pretty like mommy. I'm... No, thanks. Well, we had a baby boy, and then, of course, I started to freak out again, and I'm sure this would happen no matter what gender, about modeling a good marriage and wanting to raise a boy slash man that would respect women, share his feelings, be creative and kind, all the things. Becoming a parent is hard. There are things that you are sure of and so much that you aren't. As a birthing parent, you get to have the hormones and the physical changes that come with it, and it it is a terribly lonely place. One PSA, if you know someone who's expecting, or a parent, especially a new parent, send a note, drop by for a visit, call, text, and by all means keep inviting the parents to all the gatherings. My friends have done a great job of continuing to include me and my husband, even though it's hard for us to get out most of the time. But it's awesome to be remembered. That was a tangent, but back on track. (laughs) My mom describes me being a mom as losing a layer of skin or protection, meaning that you are all of a sudden so much more raw with feeling, so much more open to the pain and suffering, especially of children. There are things that I cannot watch now that I used to be able to watch, jokes that I can't handle, etc., Living in L.A., I couldn't bear to watch the previews for the Dwayne Johnson movie about the earthquake hitting L.A. I was like, nope, because as a parent, it makes me want to never leave my child's side. I want to protect him, which brings me to the fact that having a child has made me more vigilant on paving a way for him that focuses on equality, kindness, safe schools, and respect, and thus has increased my inner feminist. My 2.5-year-old has already been to two women's marches, and I know there are more marches in the future. Top things I try to do. 1. Create an environment where he is around diversity. Example, he is the only white kid in daycare. 2. Make sure the books slash movies in our house show diversity. There are some great lists out there, but you have to try a bit harder to achieve this. 3. Give him life experiences where diversity is a given travel the park my friends festivals etc being a mom is all the feelings all the time rage on
2: i i really love all of that and i i want to kind of touch on a few points going down the line because Although I am not a mother, I think all the time about having kids cuz I'm baby crazy. Um and definitely the thought for me, like I have a real issue with gender reveal parties and mm-hmm. I, I know people are probably going to get mad at me for saying that, mm-hmm. but I have a real I have a real problem with them and
1: I I think that they can be very problematic. They're very problematic. I, I know it's a coming from a good place. It's yeah. just coming from excitement, you know, yeah. from being a parent and everything that goes along with that. But...
2: To me, it's like, okay, we're celebrating our child's, like, biological genitalia. A little weird. Right. I mean, not you're not, obviously, you're not celebrating right. the... But, like, in a world where we are kind of redefining what gender is, when you boil it right down to it, that's kind of the basis of it. So, but for me, I think if I was pregnant right now... I would want to know, just like Vanessa said, I would want to know everything about that child. I would want to know everything. So I, I told, i talked to Chris about it. I'm like, I feel like I would want to know, but I would not even tell my mother. Like, we would have to, like, lock that shit down. Like, he can't tell anyone. I can't tell anyone. And I feel like that would be kind of, like, a nice, like, bonding time. I think it could to, be. You know? I think I wouldn't want to know. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's a weird thing for me, too. Because I just don't, I wouldn't want a bunch of pink, And, you know, princess, like she said. And I wouldn't want a bunch of blue stuff either. But then again, give me pink and blue. Like, if you find a cute pink onesie... For sure. That's, like, got stripes on it or whatever, give it to me. Because my little boy can wear pink. Yeah, absolutely. And my little girl can wear blue. You know, a lot of the clothes that I wore growing up could definitely have been worn by either gender. You know, it was just kind of like... You know, colorful tie-dye and stripes and, you know, it's it's kids' clothes. It's fun, playful colors, you know. Right, I mean,
1: and I think we touched on this in the um, Disney episode, but kids really don't start discovering who they are gender-wise or aligning themselves with one sex or the other until... They're around the age of five, and I think that's because they're able to kind of see where society wants to put them. Yeah. But the younger you start enforcing those gender stereotypes, the more um, children are going to be aware of that and feel pigeonholed by that.
2: Yeah, I just don't want any, it's a girl or it's a boy, and, you know, I just want it to be focused on, like, the person that this child is. And I think that that's kind of something that Vanessa was explaining as well, that I... I very right. much see myself in the way that she's describing it. Same thing with um, making sure that her child has a lot of diversity around him. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that I was really lacking growing up, and that's why I love living in L.A., because there is so much diversity. And
1: Yeah, but I think you can fall into that trap of, of thinking... If you live in a progressive city, I think you can kind of sometimes fall into that trap of, well, we live in a, pro- in a progressive place and I don't need to try very hard. Yeah. And there are pockets of L.A., especially, you know, when you start looking into classist issues like schools and that exactly. sort of thing where you can fall into a trap of, you know, whiteness, really. Yeah, it's because, true. Because of class issues. Yeah. Um, well, so and I was
2: going to say, that's why I feel like I wouldn't want to, like, move out of the city. I feel like I'm always going to kind of want to live in this area generally. and
1: Yeah, and I but I think like... that that's amazing that Vanessa seeks that out and is very yeah. conscious of that at all times. Exactly. You know? you
2: know, you can't just rely on, oh, well, I live in L.A., we're obviously going to be Yeah, diverse. it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, you know, you do still have to, like, bring things up.
1: I think it's interesting that she said that she was terrified of having a girl. Mm-hmm. To me, I am so much more scared... I don't know where I stand on on I think I do want kids the older I get the more I think that I do want children but I'm not I'm not baby crazy at all yeah. really in that way I love being around babies but when I do picture myself having a kid I'm I so much more picture myself having a girl so when she says that she was scared of, about the idea of having a girl I think that that's really interesting yeah because to me the idea of which i think hit her once she did have him um the idea of having a boy scares me so much because yeah. raising a boy to be respectful and yeah. um you know knowing the things that you know knowing the yeah. things that boys can sometimes get fall into a trap of.
2: Agreed. But the thing is, is you're going to have those same issues whether your child is a boy or a girl. Absolutely, yeah. And especially having taken care of both young boys and young girls, I have hit those marks for both gender, Mm -hmm. no matter what the struggle is going to be different, no matter what. And each child, um, considering what their race is, their background, every child is going to have to learn something different to be the most accepting person they possibly can. Right. You're going to hit your challenges and pitfalls with those kids, no matter what. So, and I think, but I understand the specifics of typically what, what boys can be like and being afraid of that Typical way they can be. Well, I think it's also they're not entirely in your control
1: all the time. You yes. know what I mean? They they go to school. Who are they, they going to be other around? Boys. Yeah, yeah. Are these boys going to try and undo all of the work and respect that I've put in? Yeah, you know. And I think it's also interesting because she has all sisters and uh-huh. I have all brothers. Yeah, and so I think it gives you a different perspective. But with that said, I think that my brothers are good, respectful men and young men. Yeah, so. I know it can be done. My mom raised three boys to be, you know, good, respectful, kind human beings. Yeah, and
2: that's all you can do is do the best that you can. And then when they go out into the world, just be like, okay, take take whatever I've given you and just, you know, keep as much of it with you as you want find out who you are as a person, make mistakes, apologize for those mistakes yeah. and just it, with that knowledge of what you've taught them, know that they're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, and it all starts at home.
1: Yeah, yeah, and with that said, um I just wanted to touch on before we move on to the next story, I wanted to touch on how she is very cognizant of her marriage mm-hmm. and the type of marriage that she's modeling. I think that's amazing. And relationship yeah. that she's modeling for her child because you do get so much from watching the way that your parents interact mm-hmm. with each other, and it does matter. And being very well aware of, like the way that he here her husband treats her, is something that her son is going to see. Yep, and, and, emulate, m- and emulate and emulate. Yep, exactly
2: yeah. the language you use, the words, all of that. Yeah, so all very important. Thank
1: you so much, Vanessa. That was Vanessa. such a wonderful, insightful email. We so appreciate that.
2: Yes. All right. Next up, I am going to read a note from a listener. Named Kira. She said, Hey girls, first I wanted to say I am absolutely obsessed with your podcast. Oh my God, stop. Uh, <laughs> every time I listen, I feel like me and my best friends are just talking about life. I that's want to. What we go for. Seriously, that's like the goal here. Thesis statement. Completed. I don't know what I was going to say. Um, I want to write you guys to tell you about my mom. So here's a little background on her. She is a white woman. I am not. And she grew up with an alcoholic father and an emotionally unavailable mother. She practically raised me herself. I wanted to share the badassness of my mom. She had me when she was 16. Pregnant with a little girl, her parents kicked her out. Soon after she had me, she moved in with my sperm donor, who was and who was and is an asshole. They got into a fight, he hit her, and she finally got the fuck out of there. She raised me on her own, got her GED and her BA, and after that, went on to get her master's. She continues to chase her dreams. She is one of the youngest women ever in her field that she's in, can't disclose that information. Just thought I would tell you about my kick-ass mom. So there's a lot of things in this story that really jumped out to me, Mm -hmm. and a big one is that she referred to the what people would typically call their father as a sperm donor. Yeah. Um I have a friend who is kind of the same way with his biological father in the way that he talks about him because he left as soon as he found out that like his mom was pregnant, this uh-huh. guy.
1: Yeah.
2: And so he was raised entirely just by his mom mm-hmm. and um just the 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 lack of, like, feeling for that person. Like, I don't think he's ever even, like, met him. You know what I mean? It wasn't really an issue. And so... The fact that she kind of described him that way is something that I feel like is really important because, like, the language you put around people is really valuable and important. Right? Because I feel like when you even say "father," sometimes that can still kind of create some like emotional it, it damage for a yourself.
1: Meaning, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. So for her, it's like, no, this man doesn't have anything to do with who I am. My this a courageous, amazing mother raised me and did all this for me. He is just my sperm donor. He's the one that just kind of helped along a little a little bit, you know, yeah. to make me come into existence, but right. she is the reason that I'm here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and that I am who I am. Yeah, I think I'm always struck by, <laughs> I think about, and this is something that I'll touch on whenever I'm talking about my mother, I'm so struck by the things, the strength that her mom had at so young an age. Imagine all of those hurdles, mm-hmm. and I think about the hurdles that I've had in my life, and I think about if I'd had all of those hurdles, would I have been able to do that? Yeah, like I don't know. Would I don't know if I would. would have. I
2: still go back to school and get my diploma, right? And when create you're a this single, career,
1: when you're a single mother who is also a teenager
2: who doesn't have parents there to support you, who don't
1: support you, who doesn't have a partner that supports you, yeah. How? I mean, did how she do bring you to
2: class? Like, I want to know more about this story. Yeah,
1: how do you not just fall apart, you know? Yeah. And how do you pick yourself up and and keep going? I mean, and I hope that
2: she at least had some friends or someone in her some life
1: that support could help her. system. I hope so. But you know what? Even if she didn't, she still did the thing. Yeah, you know, which is incredible. And I think it also speaks to there's a certain motivation that I think a lot of mothers have mm-hmm. when they have children mm-hmm. to be strong for their children, even yeah. when they just want to kind of, like, give up. You well, can't. It's, kind it's not of an like, option.
2: you know how people talk about that physical strength of when your child's in danger like, uh-huh. moms can pick up cars yeah. and stuff? I, I wonder if there's that, like, thing inside of you that's not just physical strength, but, like, for people who are really meant to be mothers, if they have that, like, emotional strength suddenly. When I they're think like, so. No, I need to pick myself up and, like, do the thing. I think so.
1: Yeah, I think that there are some people who are wired like that, and I think that that does kick into high gear for some people yeah. whenever they have children.
2: I mean, thank God us that mom had it you know yeah she was like yeah. okay yeah i gotta like put up my mama's, It always says to put on your big girl panties she's like i'm gonna put on my big girl panties i'm gonna get this right shit done. and
1: i'm sure she had moments of doubt and i'm sure she had moments of, of wanting to just you know give in and give up but Can you she believe didn't that
2: she got through like an abusive relationship home, and, and, and home life and home life yeah and this girl Kira is so thankful for her mother the way she is. Clearly, she... I mean, that is one of those things that the cycle of abuse is really horrible. And, and difficult it's to break. that is so hard mm-hmm. to break. So the fact that she has such an amazing admiration for her mother, her mom was strong enough to also stop that cycle of abuse. Yeah. She didn't blame her child for anything. It wasn't like, oh, you were a mistake. No, it was like you, this child may have been the best thing that happened yeah you're my
1: motivation yeah
2: that helped her get through everything I think that story is just phenomenal and Kira we love that you're a fan of ours that like Is crazy for me to even think about, and we are so glad that you think of us as friends and like to listen to us. Yeah, that's our
1: favorite thing in the whole world. Um, that's why we do this. (laughs) We love having conversations with with you guys. So keep writing us. You know, if you have anything else you want to say, anything else you want read on the podcast, please send us another message. Yeah, we love reading. If you have
2: more to go into with this story, even like we would love to hear it. We want to know more about you. So. Hit us up, girl. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Our next one is from Cassie. I know Cassie, right?
1: Yes. Is she Um, the pink hair? Yes. Okay. Our next one is from Cassie. So it says, Hi, Keegan and Madigan. So this is my motherhood story. Being a mom was such a crazy thing for me. I was adopted at three days old, and I have such a special relationship with my mom. She's been my rock as well as my constant in my life. My personal story of becoming a mom is very after-school special. I got pregnant on prom night, and as you can guess, that was not expected. Of all the crazy things my friends and I have done over our young lives, it was so insane to think of being a mom at 18. I had my son before the end of my senior year, and he is now 21. We have such an amazing bond. He is the first person in my life I've had a blood relation to, and it has been our amazing connection throughout. I had a fairly simple and somewhat easy pregnancy, and... As an adopted child, wanted to share that gift with someone else. I decided about seven years ago to be a surrogate and was fortunate enough to bring a child into the life of a family who was unable to be parents otherwise. Motherhood has so many levels and not all easy. I feel truly blessed to have experienced it in many ways. I think during this day we think of all those moms we've had and celebrate those who are. I never want to overlook the many women who have challenges in their journey to become a mom. I celebrate you all. Much love, Cassie. And then she has a, a postscript. Um, I hope this is okay. Feel free to share that I did have a complex delivery as a surrogate. Emergency C-section. 12 blood transfusions, and a permanent blood clot inserted Oof. to stop bleeding. Girl. It's gory, but it should be noted that delivery can be scary and complicated, and it's something that we think of as medieval, dying in childbirth, but something that is still happening to this day. hmm Don't know if that detail is too gory for a Mom's Day podcast. It is not. It is not. I'm so glad that you yes. provided us that story, because that is the truth. It is. Sometimes labor is scary, and I think people, we have this idea of pregnancy and delivery as, and it is, it is a beautiful thing, and we think of it as a beautiful thing, but I think people also need to understand the realities of what you're putting your body through. Exactly.
2: And that... And that's why surrogacy is so, I mean, the people who decide to be surrogate are so Incredible. Yeah. 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 I worked for a woman a couple years ago who went through, like, IVF, which is, um... A procedure that's supposed to help you it's like shots and things mm-hmm. like that's supposed to help you get pregnant I don't know all of the details about it she had so many miscarriages and she finally had her first son and it was a rough pregnancy and then a couple years later She was pregnant with her second son, and it was just a miserable pregnancy. She said that she would have, like, PTSD, like, just, like, traumatic memories from that pregnancy and was so ill. And then as soon as that child was born, had open heart surgery, and it was just, I mean, that child now is just, like, the strongest, most kick-ass kid. But, like, it was just, it was really hard on her, and she worked so hard to have kids and she wanted more kids but Mm -hmm. she was just like i don't know if i could ever put myself through that again and so that was actually something that i've thought about a lot where i was like maybe i would want to be a surrogate for somebody um i feel i don't know if I I don't know if I'll be able to do that. I don't know where my life is going to take me. Right. But it's definitely something that I feel like is such an important <laughs> thing for people to I, have that option if they yes, want to grow their families. I,
1: I think that that's incredible. I don't think it's something that I could do. I'm so terrified of pregnancy, period, um, even to have my own children. Yeah. Pregna- pregnancy
2: actually terrifies me. Pregnancy and childbirth terrify me. I don't know what it is, but I just, like... I mean, okay, so background on me, I've been playing with baby dolls since I was a baby. Uh I would stick a baby doll in my shirt and pretend to, like, have a baby and then raise it. Um, (laughs) Like, I have thought about this since I was really, really little, which is why I knew that, like, that's one of the things that I'm here for. I'm here that because I'm supposed to work with kids or be a mother or something in that capacity. So for me, like, there is... Kind of an excitement when I think about pregnancy. Um, <laughs> Keegan's face right now is great. Uh, I, um, I'm making
1: I'm making just the most like Ugh, uh.
2: I don't know why though. Like, I think it's something...
1: beautiful for other people, and I I I know that I know in my heart of hearts that someday I will be pregnant and have a child. Yeah, I I think, but just. Nothing about the process of my body changing yeah? and and having a baby is oh, appealing to me at all. I don't
2: know. There's something about like that, like you know how people are like, oh, that little like ball of energy inside of you, mm. like that's just how I pictured it Mm-mm. being this like little ball of energy. Alien, and it's you're, an alien. It weirds no, me out. You're growing this beautiful Someone, little being.
1: Whenever my um, my friend's wife was pregnant, she sent me a video. And it was, like, her belly, and you uh-huh. could see the foot, and it was okay, moving. Okay, that
2: creeps me out a little it bit. creeps me out. But it, I also love it because if I were pregnant and I were to see that, I would be like, that's my mm. kid's fucking foot, guys. Mm. It has a foot. Okay. Keegan is... not understanding me at all. It's like
1: the alien. But that's okay. It's like a chest, you know, have you ever seen the alien where there's like a chest burster? That's how I feel about, I mean, look, I I think it's great. I know that this sounds very negative on a Mother's Day podcast episode, but what what I'm really getting at is, bravo to you Cassie for being a surrogate. Right. And there are some women who just really enjoy being pregnant, and even if they don't, they just have that strong want to be able to do that for somebody, and I think that that's incredible and selfless and amazing and Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So
2: And I kind of feel like this is a good time also to bring up the fact that some women can't get pregnant. Right. And for some women it's really, really hard. And I have to say, as someone who feels so strongly about it, I I mean we were talking about this last night. I genuinely fear that I'm not gonna be able to get pregnant pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as soon as I mentioned it, Chris is always like, well, don't say that. Don't say that. You don't know. You don't know. And like, I'm not stressing about it because I'm not in that point of my life right now. But it's something that I've like, there have just been clues in my life where I'm kind of like, well, it could possibly be a problem down the line. Right. And I'm not going to like psych myself out by saying, oh my God, it's never going to happen. I'm not worrying about it. But it is something Well, you that haven't I tried yet. About.
1: So you don't know for sure yet. Exactly.
2: But it, it is something that it very much weighs on my mind. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more later. It took my mom a long time to get pregnant. And I'm just very aware of the fertility issues that can happen. So if you are a woman who wants to be a mother, and can't for yeah. any reason, just know that, like, this episode really is for you, too. Right. And
1: we understand that there are a lot of people out there for whom Mother's Day is a difficult day. Yes. And that includes women who have infertility issues who maybe have been trying and trying and trying to get pregnant. Yep. And couples who have been trying to get pregnant and can't yeah or are finding it very difficult yeah
2: my grandmother had a lot of miscarriages I had a skating coach growing up who went through a miscarriage I've ex- I've experienced that not personally
1: miscarriages are very common but to I've know.
2: experienced it a few times in my life and having to kind of um learn how to be supportive of, of a yeah. person who's been going through that I cannot even imagine the agony that you felt yeah. Um, And also, I just want to really quick mention the fact that a lot of people don't have great relationships with their mothers. And I hope that on this day, you are feeling supported and that you have other examples in your lives and other people in your lives that can be like your mothers. Can kind of fill that slot for you. Um, I agree.
1: And also, while we're on that topic, I know that it can be difficult to wonder. I have friends who have bad relationships with their mothers because their mothers are not very nice people Mm -hmm. and it can be hard to make that decision to cut someone out of your life. But if your mother is toxic to your life, it's okay to cut out people from your life who are toxic and it hurts and it's difficult and it makes days like this really, really hard, but it's okay. And like, there are people who can relate to that that and are here for you. Yep. So just just know that. This, this day is for you, too, and I hope that you have somebody that you can talk to mm-hmm. about those issues.
2: Yep, and if you need to celebrate Mother's Day in some other way, if you have a pet. Right, yeah. <laughs> we were just saying, like, we're mothers, too. If you want to go to a bar and
1: get a drink, if that's how you need to deal with Mother's Day, that's fine. Unless do you that. have a
2: drinking problem, then don't do Again, it. always
1: the disclaimer. If you're an <laughs> alcoholic, please disregard. Um <laughs>
2: okay so now that we've kind of gotten that out, I felt like it was kind of a good um Yes, and thank you so opener. much, Cassie,
1: for that that I think that on the last note from that last yes. story. Um I think that it is incredible that she has experienced motherhood in so many different ways. I know. She was adopted, so yep. she has an adopted mother and she you has know a that's a
2: biological son. Yes. Son, right? Yes, yeah. a
1: biological son. And I think also we should touch on Adopted mothers yep. are just as much their, your
2: mother. They're your mother. As anyone else. Definitely. Um, they're a mother, too. Mother-in-laws are mothers. Yeah. Grandmothers are mothers. Anyone that you want to see as the person who has maybe helped you become the person that you are... Yeah. ...can be your mother. Yeah, I, just, just, I just know... The definition can
1: be so broad. I just know so often... People are kind of like, is that your real mom? Yeah. Or stepmoms, like, too. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's her real mom. Yeah. That is her mom. Like it's yeah. it's she adopted her, but that's her mom. Yeah. And I feel that way, yeah, with my with my stepdad sometimes or with my brothers, because they're my half brothers, but I'm never going to say they're no. my half brothers, like they're my brothers.
2: They're your brothers. And
1: and that's that. Yeah. Um so thank you so much, Cassie, for sharing that story. I agree. We thank appreciate you. it so much.
2: You have the best hair ever.
1: <laughs> she does. It's cotton candy hair.
2: <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we're going to have another story. It starts, I have a motherhood story, but I've been super hesitant to share it, and I would appreciate you keeping it anonymous. You got it. My family is pretty strict Christian and Catholic. Anything relating to homosexuality has inherently was inherently awful and sinful. So when I fell in love with a girl, I was terrified. For 5 years, I hid the fact that I was queer. One day I was having issues with this girl and I broke down to my mom and told her everything. The big secret I was so scared of was out in the open. She took me in her arms and held me and told me she loved me no matter what. And all she wanted was for me to be happy. While she still isn't fully supportive all the time, she's accepted it as who I am. She drove me to pride and started clapping back at homophobic comments from relatives. She's also respected my privacy and not told anyone else because she wants me to come out in my own time. My mom has been the biggest supporter in everything and anything. I couldn't ask for a better mom. She's so loving and I feel like I can tell her anything. There's no more secrets between us. And we've gotten so much closer. She even helped me pick out a corsage for my girl at prom. And, uh, again, she just rem- reminded me to keep this anonymous. So I will definitely keep your identity a secret. But bravo to her mom for being able to keep this a secret. Because my mom is the biggest fucking bladder mom. <laughs> I'm putting you on blast, Liz. <laughs> because, like, I-, I told her this last night. I was on the phone, like, talking to her about this episode. And I, I think was just if like, you really
1: asked her to, though, <sighs> she would. She would. I would,
2: though. Like, oh, man like if you made it very things, very
1: clear that's true she that's would. true
2: but she like she is really close with her younger sister and like she would tell her younger sister everything and she was really good about keeping things from my dad because I don't really have much of a relationship with him so I just didn't really want him to know a lot of that stuff so she's been really good about that but like and and she has been my whole life but she would always tell like my extended family and they would like reach out to me I was like mom no like Don't tell them these things. Uh, So bravo to your mother for keeping her mouth shut on this issue. And also bravo for her to come from such a strict Christian Catholic background. Right,
1: which I think is something that we can both relate to. Yes, and to be
2: homophobic and then to realize that once it's your child, that you need to kind of put those things aside and just... Love them no matter what. And just love, yeah. And if she's not fully accepting yet, it's probably because she's still learning, but she's obviously trying pretty hard. Right, I mean... I think that there is a,
1: a certain amount of grace that we need to allow people. Yep. We need to allow people to learn and grow. And sometimes that takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And I know that that can be difficult to deal with. But we all just need to be like very gracious yeah. if you can tell that they're trying and they're yeah. doing their best. Because those things are hardwired in us, man. It's hard to break out of that cycle. So I think that it's really beautiful that she's taking her to pride and that I she's know. doing these things for her. And
2: I like, bought a corsage like for it, prom. Yeah, it truly
1: warms my heart so, so much. Like, and ugh. I can only, as someone who grew up in a, a pretty religious household, and, um, you know, I'm I'm straight, so I didn't have those issues, but any time I thought about disappointing my parents because I love and respect them so much, yeah. it was very hard for me to imagine doing anything that they wouldn't approve of yes. or that was outside of... Of maybe their worldview, mm-hmm. so I can relate so much to how difficult that must have been for her to come out to her mom. Yeah, and I, I, you know, applaud you for being so brave to yeah. be able to do that, and I applaud your mom for just kind of setting any of her initial feelings aside and saying, "My child is in pain right now." I need to be here for my child right now.
2: Definitely. I uh, I applaud your mom so highly. I applaud you for just being true to yourself and being who you are mm-hmm. and not being apologetic for that, even when you may have dealt with feelings of shame or uh, fear when it comes to your family. And, you know, in your own time, I, if you feel like you want to, I hope that, you know, the rest of your family feels the same way. Um, Right. The the people who are supposed to be in your life will be supportive and will love you. And the people who aren't even sometimes, you know, there's still ways to be loving toward them and in their lives, even if they are not completely supportive. But I don't know, for me, I feel like the people who truly love you at the end of the day... No matter what, if you're gay, straight, bi, anything, we'll see you as the person that you are and you're helping change their minds. Mm-hmm. You know? And
1: with that said, though, also take as much time as you need to like, figure it out and, and come out when you want to or not at all to some people yep. if that's the way that it you, you feel. I yeah. think that that's also also fine. I mean
2: that's another thing that I feel like if we ever have an episode talking about queer and homosexual like lives Uh that it is kind of like crazy that, you know, as being a straight person I've never had to go through a coming out. As being someone that is not I can't even imagine it,
1: honestly. I can't imagine that. But
2: it's still, it's, like, crazy that you have to, like, come out. It's its this big thing, which for a lot of people I think is great because it's a celebration. And it's like, yes, it, I can finally be who I am. But it's like, I i hope for the day that it's like, you look at your child as a blank slate. Whoever you are, whoever you love, I accept both of those things, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Hold absolutely. on one second. Chris, I'm recording. Hi, Chris. Christopher. Hello. I'm recording right now.
0: It's okay. Don't worry about it. I, I, I'll talk to you later. Say
2: hi, Ragers. Where?
1: <gasps> You're on a microphone right now. What? <laughs> Say hi, that's, Ragers. Yeah, this part out. Hi, Ragers. All right. <laughs> you guys can end this out. Bye. Chris. I love you. <laughs> he, he's like, edit that out. Yeah,
2: he hates being <clears my> on <throat> speakerphone so much. That's so funny. He's mad at me.
1: Thank you so much. Yes, to um anonymous. To anonymous your story, we, we appreciate it. Yeah, we love you. We're here for you. Continue to send us uh, your messages. Yep. Let us know how it goes, you know. Let us continue. We'll do this anonymous uh, story. We'll yeah. continue on we'll your story. We'll be like,
2: "Dear Abby."
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to chronicle what happens next yes. in your story because I, I think that that's love it. awesome and really exciting. And congratulations mm. for being able to come out to your mom. Congrats. Yes. Okay, um, I think that this is a good time before we talk about our own mothers to also address, we talked about people who had infertility issues, we talked Mm -hmm. about adopted mothers, we talked about people who had strained relationships with their mothers. We also want to talk about people who have lost their mothers Mm -hmm. or grandmothers and how this can be a really difficult day for you. And we recognize that and we see that. And I know it can be hard to get on Facebook after you've lost a mother and just see picture and picture and picture um, of people with their moms and how that must be difficult for you. So we're here for you. If you've lost your mother or your grandmother, I know that the first Mother's Day after my grandmother passed away was hard. Yeah, It's hard to deal with. So, we are here for you.
2: We also want to bring up mothers who maybe have lost their own children. Yes. Um, that can be something that's very hard if you were a mother of an only child or, I mean, even if you had multiple or, or children. Or not, yeah. I, that first Mother's Day. I think the pain Day. is equal. Yeah, yeah, that Mother's Day without and um, remembering that loss. We are here to support you as well. If you've made it to this part of the episode, I applaud you. Um, for not just immediately being like, oh, I can't listen to that episode, but just know that we are here for you and that we are thinking about you today and your child, whatever you believe in, whether you believe in heaven and hell, whether you believe in an afterlife at all, know that that love that you have for your child and that for what that child had for you. That mm-hmm. doesn't die. That I, doesn't go I away. truly believe
1: that energy lives on. Yeah, you know, I
2: think that energy. Well, because love lives right. on. right, and that I love think that, that you that, have for a person doesn't just yeah. end because that person doesn't. Yeah, isn't there anymore? Ener- yeah,
1: yeah, and um, also, to we talked about people who have strained relationships with their mothers. We also want to talk about mothers who have, maybe their children have cut them off and aren't talking to them, mm-hmm. or mothers of addicts who don't have a relationship with their children mm-hmm. or, or something like that, if, if that's something that you're going through, that's also really heartbreaking and yeah. it can feel like a loss and it can make this day really difficult. So if you don't have the kind of relationship with your child that maybe you thought you would whenever your child was growing up, know that you are also not alone. There are lots of people out there and we hope that maybe
2: someday you can reclaim that relationship. Mm -hmm. And if not,
1: you're still a worthy person. I was
2: going to say, and know that you're enough, even if you've maybe made some mistakes in parenting and feel badly about it or are beating yourself up about it. Always remember that what you did at the time was the best that you could do and that you and your love is enough and that you have people in your life who do love and support you no matter who you are. And um, you are being remembered today, most definitely. Yeah. Okay, so do we want to uh, talk about our moms maybe a little bit? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to talk about my mom for the first time ever. For the first time ever. For the first time ever. <laughs> you guys don't know anything about Liz. It's crazy. <laughs> I feel like she just needs to be like a third person on this podcast by now. Because when she, she comes to
1: visit, she can definitely chime gonna in. She's going be here June 9th. She can chime in for sure. Oh,
2: God, my God. Um. So here's just like a quick brief story of how madigan came to be um my mom and dad got married really young she was 21 he was 23 and my dad was very into his job and they their lifestyle didn't really have kids in it quite yet when they were you know so young and When they did try to get pregnant, they tried for a good 10 years, and it just didn't happen. You know, as I talked in my birth control episode, it could have had something to do with the birth control my mom was on. It could have to do with other reasons. We don't really know. But um, finally, when she was 40, I was like, what's up? And she got pregnant and was so scared and only told my aunt. She told her little sister because she was pregnant as well at the time with my cousin Alex. And she didn't even tell my dad. For a good long while. Was she just nervous about... She, well... So, this is a bit of an introduction to me and my dad. He wasn't entirely sure that he would have what it takes to be a dad. His growing up life was really, really hard. He had a really tough life. Both his mother and his father were not the best people to him. Definitely weren't the greatest parents. So, he doubted his abilities as a father quite a bit. And so, I think my mom, at that point, you know probably thought, oh, we're set in our ways. We know what our life is going to look like. And I think she was maybe just a little bit afraid of what he would do and react. Of course, when my mom told him, he was scared out of his mind, but also very happy because he also typical reaction. He knew that my mom would be happy as well. And um, I think through her pregnancy, he kind of was kind of like that through most of it. I mean, this was 1992 when I was born, and he didn't want to be in the delivery room. And my mom's, uh what's it called? The person who helps you and all midwife that. doula? No, not doula, but I mean what she'd probably be a doula now, but like the person that you've gone through all the birthing classes with, her birthing coach yeah. was her friend Kathy, got in a car accident and was in the oh hospital God. on the on the way to helping my mom. So they're like You know, we need, you know, Frank, we need you in here. And apparently he opened the door and the doctor was like, grab a leg. And he was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) But he, but he, you know, always told me how happy he was that he was in the room. And the shirt that he wore when I was born, he wears every year on my birthday. And they made me a onesie of that shirt, too, when I was born at his office. Really sweet. And, you know, with all, all the issues through and through that I've had with my father I still give him all the props in the world for where they're due. But my mom, for me, is the one that stepped up. You know, my dad was not around very much. My mom and I are a team. You know, I think she saved my life. I've saved her life. You know, she tells me that her life didn't start until she had me. She was 41 years old. She was lost and didn't really know what was going on. And... um I came into her life, and she and I kind of started on this journey together, and I'm very sorry that I'm crying right now.
1: No, you shouldn't be sorry Um, about that. That's wonderful.
2: That's special. Yeah. She and I, you know, I was a very dedicated figure skater growing up. She took me to every competition, every ice show practice. She mothered my friends. She would be there for anybody who needed it all the time. And, um... She really is just the most important person to me in my life. And she has made me who I am. I have her to thank for 100%. And she is just... She's going to be 67 in a week. Sorry that I'm revealing your age on this podcast, Mom. But she she acts like she's, like, in her, like, yeah. mid like early 40s, you know? She is, like... She refers to herself as a fucking goddess. I'm working on a piece of art right now for her. Oh, amazing. A goddess. She... Was, like, this young model when she was little, and... Yeah, she's
1: beautiful. She's gorgeous. Yeah. She's
2: absolutely gorgeous. She's been through a lot of the same issues that I've been through, and she has persevered in her life, and she is just wonderful and amazing and has been there for me through everything and is truly just my very best friend, and yeah. I, I have everything to thank It's so a really
1: wonderful illustration of... of- the importance of having, if it's not your mother, having someone in your life who is there for you. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, and yeah. I'm
2: thankful that I have many mothers in my life. My best friend Katie's mom has been definitely a mother to me in high school when I had nights that I couldn't sleep at my house. I would sleep at her house and her mom would cook for me yeah. and love me and be, like, she's almost kind of grandmotherly because yeah. she's so, like, my mom is not, like, a Big, I mean, she's a homemaker but she's not like a big like cooker and baker and you know things like that my or,
1: mom is the type that makes cookies yeah for, for you yes, if you're feeling I love it if you, yeah if you're upset there's nothing that like cookies can't fix right you know? yeah
2: that's how jane is too she would make like a jello cool whip and pretzel like dessert which if you're from <laughs> the midwest you totally know what i'm talking about i'm still um, not down with pretzels in my jello but yeah it was good trust <laughs> me it's sweet and salty it's good um Chris's mother is totally a mother to me. His father, when we talk about Father's Day, he has stepped up and just really become a dad to me. I, you know, love to think of him as my father and his whole family is so amazing. And his sister right now is full term in her pregnancy and about to give birth any second now, and she's just the, the most amazing, fantastic, strong woman who's just going to make the coolest mom yeah that kid is gonna know what's up in life um his dad is amazing his dad the baby's dad (laughs) is amazing as well and do they know what they're having they do know what they're having and it's girls i don't know why i said his and it's not (laughs) like a secret or anything um, so I, you know, Michelle was thinking about sending in a, a note to us and she's so busy. She's running her own business well, That's okay. she's pregnant. She's
1: full term pregnant. She can have and all the excuses. running her own business yeah. right
2: now. It's crazy. Like Michelle, I have yet to find a fault in you. And, um, so those are kind of all the mothers in my life for me. And I've had so many amazing prominent women in my life. My grandmother left us too soon. I've had many grandmothers in my life. And, um... Yeah, I'm just, I'm so thankful, and I got way more emotional than I thought I would get. But when I really stop and think about, you know, things that my mom and I have been through together... Of course. It's amazing. Yeah. We both, it's like we grew up together. Yeah. It's weird, because we were kind of like Gilmore Girls. Well, you change,
1: <laughs> like, you change them the same way that they change you. Oh, yeah. You and know? I mean,
2: and my mom, you know, we talked about this last night, too. When they would make, when your mom would make mistakes, it's good that they would say, hey, I messed up. This, I'm learning all of this stuff, too. That is
1: something so beautiful that my mom always did and always went out of her way to say where there's a line between discipline and rage like when you're just angry because kids do things that make you angry you know you're a human being and they do things things, do
2: things yeah Yeah. that, that
1: upset you and hurt you and anytime my mom would act out in anger, which was not often. But on occasion, if she ever acted out in anger because she was stressed and tired and all the things that go along with being a mom, she went out of her way to come to me no matter what age and say, I'm sorry for responding the way that I responded. That was inappropriate of me. And she never treated me like I was lesser than her. Or like, oh, you wouldn't understand. Or too young this. to understand it. Yeah,
2: it's the same. It humanized her. Like, my mom, when I think about her, it's just, she's a person. Right. So with every Flawed, change that she's... beautiful person. Yeah, every change she's had in her life, it wasn't like this, oh my gosh, I can't believe X, Y, Z. Yeah. Because I've seen her fall and yeah. make mistakes and have to, like, pick herself back up again.
1: I have so loved becoming an adult in the way that I have... It has changed my relationship with my mom. Yeah. My mom has always been my best friend, really, growing up. And there were times, especially when I didn't have anyone else, when we were living in Utah, for instance, and like I really didn't have friends. And I, my yeah. mom was my best friend. We did everything together. And we're still best friends, but I love seeing the evolution of our relationship from having a parent-child relationship to having a relationship that is still a parent-child relationship, but we are also two adult women yeah. who can relate to each other as adult women. And Isn't I see great? her as a human being yeah, and in a way that I've never seen before. And I think that that's so beautiful. Like that yeah. progression of your relationship I think is so gorgeous. And yeah. I love that. I love that. I love being able to t- call and talk to my mom about life like about life things it's not always me calling and being like I need help with this or I need help with that anymore because I'm I'm an adult woman now and like we can just kind of have a a real like wonderful relationship in that way
2: yeah Keegan tell me all about your mom what is your mom's name again my mom's name is Tammy Sue that's
1: right Tammy Sue yeah 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 which I love it's such a um, my grandma's name is Bonnie Sue (gasps) I
2: love Bonnie
1: Um, Bonnie Sue and Tammy Sue I
2: love it Um, is Tammy her full name
1: yeah, T oh, A M M I E. Not a Y. I didn't know if she I-E. was like
2: Tamara or like no, something. Tammy.
1: Tammy, yeah. Tam Tammy. Um funny like little like story. My yeah. grandparents are Bonnie and Johnny. Oh. And Johnny, like, his name is not Jonathan, it is, or John, it is Johnny.
2: That's, like, my friend Katie. She's not Catherine. Right, her Her name is Katie. Katie. That's so funny. And even though
1: my grandpa went on to be this big businessman, he never, like, they told him, they were like, to be more professional, you should go by Jonathan. And he's like, my name's not Jonathan, it's Johnny. And it's J-O-H-N-N-Y, and then Bonnie, B-O-N-N-I-E. And then they had four kids. They Mm -hmm. had roxy danny christy and tammy and
2: roxy too man your grandparents knew what was up and
1: all of the girls are ie and my (gasps) uncle danny is danny with a y and he's danny not daniel
2: stop yeah
1: so it's so cute
2: stop i know that is the sweetest thing i've ever heard (laughs) and where are your grandparents from
1: they are from very solidly New Mexican.
2: Okay, that's right because you were yeah. born in New Mexico. Right? I was born in
1: New Mexico, guys.
2: Keegan moved around a lot, so don't like I. I do love her and ask her questions no, a lot. in life too, but sometimes I need to be reminded. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and my grandparents both. My grandma still lives there in mm-hmm. Estancia, New Mexico, which is a very rural, rural part of New Mexico, and my um my. Great, great, great grandparents homesteaded there. So wow. they've been there forever. That's amazing. Rural New Mexico. Um, my grandpa doesn't live there anymore. He lives in Las Vegas now. But
2: Let's go meet up with your grandpa.
1: Uh, we should because <laughs> him and my step-grandmother are amazing. They're bomb. Love They're it. a great time. But my mom... Okay, so a little bit of backstory. My dad passed away whenever I was two years old. And my... Older brother was three. My older brother and I are eleven months apart, so my mom had us back to back.
2: Man, what a champion there!
1: Totally, and she was twenty (sighs) five when my dad passed away, and my dad was thirty. And it was a really, really traumatic way. I'm not going to go into like all the details of what happened with how my dad passed away. Yeah, but it was not a standard easy thing. There was police involved. There was journalists involved. There were there were people coming to our house at all hours, knocking on doors, taking pictures, and things like that. And my mom was twenty five years old, lost her husband very suddenly. Yeah. And
2: I she, mean, I'm twenty five now. Imagining right. something like that happening. With two young children is can't horrifying. Can't even imagine so scary.
1: it. I cannot imagine it. And she dealt with this situation the more that I... I didn't know a lot about what happened with my dad until I found out things for myself, and I talked to her about it, and you could see it all flood back in her pretty much, like, immediately, and it just reminded me of how much strength she had. She talked to me about how... It was so sudden that she talked to me about how when it happened... They got up in the morning, they took a shower together, they, she thought it was just going to be another day, Mm -hmm. and then by the end of that day, you're a widow with two small children, and she handled all of it with so much grace, that I can't even understand it. She said, that's
2: just power. It's just power. It's grace, but it is power.
1: It's strength that I can't even, I don't understand it because I don't think that I could have done it. She talks about how there were days when she felt so low. She said, I remember taking you and your brother in like the weeks after it happened to the grocery store. And I had this thought that I just wanted to stop pushing the cart and just lay down in... In the parking lot. Yeah. But I looked at you, and I was like, "These kids need me." Yeah. You know. And to me, I don't know that I could do that. Even with, I mean, I don't know. It, maybe it's something about being a mother that changes who you are. Maybe she's just the strongest person I've ever met in my life. I don't know. Both. Or both. But to me. I've always admired my mom, always, like from word go, because I think that she has just the courage of her convictions. We don't see eye to eye on every single issue, you don't but have to. we don't have to. And her integrity about the things that she believes in, even if they're different than mine, is so, it, it's it's amazing and it's yeah. admirable and she doesn't budge on things, even if we disagree if she believes what she believes she she sticks to that and she's instilled that in me even though my beliefs are different than hers and it's never affected our relationship no, that we she don't she still loves you so she much. loves me exactly the same way i can talk to her i know any time i call her we're going to be on the phone for hours yeah. hours and hours when i went home uh or i went to new mexico for my grandpa's birthday and my mom and i shared a bed like when we went to bed yeah and we were up until three in the morning know. talking.
2: The first night that my mom comes into town is always yeah.
1: Good it it, it yeah. just feels like we're she's my mom. I don't ever want it to be like she's just my friend because no. like she's my mother, but like she is also it. We have a relationship where it feels like she is my friend, and yeah. I can I can truly like tell her anything. When I moved out here, she was so supportive, and I heard yeah. so many stories of people being like my parents are mad at me. They're not talking to me because I want to be an actor because I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. She never pressured me to do anything that I didn't want to do. She supported my dreams 110%. She drove me to every audition when I was younger. Yeah. She made us her priority in every way. Yeah. And I am so, so, so thankful. Like, I think I'm so blessed I'm so blessed yeah, to have to have that kind of figure in my life. Yeah. And if I can be one tenth as strong as she is, then I think that I will have accomplished something incredible. So
2: I don't know. I think you are. I think all the things that you're saying, like, I totally see that strength in you. And I feel well, thank you. Yourself, I do. Thank I you. think of you as being one of the most like strong and assured people in my life. That I know Thank always going to hold on to their convictions no matter what. God, I am a mess this episode, no, you guys. I, I can't I, stop crying. I, I
1: understand. Like, listen, I'm, I am I'm working very hard to try not to, to cry because oh. I'm just trying to to keep it straight. But <laughs> I'm but, like the opposite. I'm like, guys, I feel everything. No, I think that's good. Oh. I It's just, I don't know. There's something. I didn't anticipate having these kinds of feels in this episode. I no, was like, oh, we're going to do this. But the stories that we've read and talking about our mothers has just made me feel like people in general, women in particular, mothers in particular in particular are incredible yeah. and strong and wonderful and deserve all uh, we should be talking about them every single day because day. i cannot sometimes i feel like such a selfish person that i'm like i don't i don't know how you become this person who just lives for for other people
2: yeah it's and I, amazing I do, it's crazy that the instincts that mothers have and that they i mean i think that if you were to look at at it scientifically hormonally, biologically, we have those things in us that can make us maternal, but also just I feel like there's something that comes over you when you are mothering a child that you created, that there is a bond there, no matter what your relationship with that person.
1: Right, or, or, you know, in the case of, like, in the case of, like, adoption, for instance, when I think about this, guys, I know how this sounds, leave me alone, I know that this sounds so trivial and stupid, but when I look at even my cats yes. who are just like in my care. Yeah. Who are my babies because, because I Because they are defenseless because without you. Without me, I I care for them. Yep. They're they're I do everything for them. And the idea of anything happening to them kills me. Yeah. So I had, a,
2: I had a serious moment with Dorothy today. Yeah. I stuck my head into her fort because this, like, afternoon time is, like, her nap time where she's by herself in her little fort. It's a table with a blanket over it with another blanket inside. It's her uh-huh. space. And I, like, poked my head and she immediately laid on her back and, like, showed me her tummy and I kind of, like, laid on her tummy and, like, gave her pets and, like, she has a licking problem. So she's licking me and, I just told her, I said, if anything ever happened to you, I don't know what I would do. And, like, I know because it's a pet, I know one day that's going to come. Of course. And I just wanted to, you know... As as again as silly as it sounds, being a pet mom, I feel like today. Is if about you have her.
1: an animal, you understand. You get though. it. Like for you do. me,
2: I look at her, and you know, even it's funny because I was like, "Oh, like I want to have like a baby one day." And Chris is always like, "You have a baby." I'm like, "I know. Maybe one day we'll have a baby. It's a little less hairy." And, <laughs> and but it is. She is. She's my baby. She's my everything. And I I give up things in my life for her. Right. I yeah. Make time for her. I set up playdates dates with, for her. I care about her health. You know. With her. I mean, That's I how you know her, you're going to be
1: a good mom by right? the way. Thank
2: you. Um, but like I found her on a farm in Minnesota. She was living out in the fields of a cornfield. I always
1: say that with Matilda. I'm like, she was living on Skid Row. She literally was living on Skid Row in yeah. downtown. Alone scavenging for food. And she right? has asthma. Anything could have happened to her out there. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's true. Like, we rescue these babies and adopt these babies into our homes and it's like, even my dogs growing up were totally my siblings. And totally yeah. Part of my life, they make such a huge impact in our lives. So for those pet mothers out there, we are with you today, we and feel you. and I will say, I will say that I I totally believe
1: and understand that what we feel for our animals is a tenth of what of what a mother must feel for her oh, child, for sure. Um, so I can't even imagine how scary that is to go back to uh, Vanessa's letter where she talked about like how how she can't watch things now, she can't do things now, because how the idea of anything happening to my animals, I can't imagine, the idea of anything happening to your child has got to be so tough. Out
2: of this world. You know, so... again, bravo to my mom for going through some scary experiences with me and remaining strong and knowing that everything was going to be okay, because there were times that my mom did not know if I was going to make it out okay or not, you know, and um, so bravo to her for remaining level-headed and just having hope. That I was going to make it through. Yeah. And that everything was going to be okay. Yeah. And I mean, man, what an amazing, what amazing women are mothers. Have, yeah. Really. Totally. And, and I know that all of you listening right now are just like nodding your heads in agreement for the most part of just any of those people in your life that you have, mother, father, sister, brother, friend
1: yeah go hug, go hug is, that person today call them today yeah call them.
2: it doesn't matter who what label that person has in your life if you have a person like that hold on to them love them recognize them for who they are and and
1: tell them that they're appreciated yeah I do go out of my way I think I, I do try to to tell my mom that I appreciate her and yeah. I love her yeah and that that I know that not everyone is so lucky, yeah, you know, And just one last thing uh, before we kind of wrap up here, mm-hmm. i I think we've covered all of our bases, except it just occurred to me props to the foster moms. Yes, because
2: that job's gotta be hard. I was listening to. If you guys don't listen to the podcast True Crime Obsessed, do it because they're amazing. There is a gay man on that show who has fostered children with his husband, and they now have an adopted daughter Daisy, who like I love hearing stories about. And he was talking about foster mothers today and how they really don't have any rights. Like they're treated like glorified babysitters. Yeah, and a lot of times have to bring those children to jail to see their parents for visitation rights, and they have to do all of these things and that podcast has helped me learn a little bit about it and also um, just from like other TV shows and um, a friend of mine
1: a friend of mine has been a foster mom to a little girl and I've never seen her face because it's illegal like they take pictures from behind anytime they show her on on, on social media or anything like that they have a baby a biological baby of their own now a son and they've had this little girl I want to say for like Four years now, Mm. and they are trying to get custody to adopt her legally. Yeah. And the journey that they've gone through and the struggle that they've gone through to try and and make that happen has been really tough. Yeah. And I cannot imagine having this child who you've raised, who is your baby for all intents and purposes is legally not yours. And you face that fear of having to give her up or him up any day or at any time. Or maybe you aren't trying to adopt them legally, but you have kids coming in and out of your lives and you're having to see the struggle that they're going through every day. That is so hard. And God bless you. Truly, truly, truly. yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
2: What you do is amazing. Amazing. More of us need to be on that bandwagon. Absolutely.
1: So as a final note, I know I just said it, but uh, call your mom. And if you you don't have a relationship with your mom, call call, your dad. Call your dad. (laughs) If you don't have a relationship with your dad, call somebody who has been that for you. Call somebody who has been a cornerstone in your life for you today and let them know that you love and appreciate them. Because like my mom said, you never know. Like, you never, you could wake up one day, and they could be there, and they could not be there the next day. So if you appreciate somebody and you love them, give them a call right now. Yep, do it. And let them know. At least send them a text message and say just, hey, I love you, and I'm yep. thinking about you. Yeah. And uh, do you have anything else to, to add today?
2: I mean, I guess with all that being said, I just encourage you to, to reach on. on. Bye. Bye, hey, guys.